Welcome to the Best Ever You Show with your host, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network. The Best Ever You Show is here to help you live your life to the fullest. How? Real people, including celebrities, real advice, real places, products, and businesses, real life stories. With this radio show, printed magazine, websites, community, and more. And now, here is your host, Elizabeth. I feel like I have to dust the snow off me today, you know, or I could just go out and build a snowman, I guess, or something. I'm not really sure. We're going to try and do this show. <laughs> Joanna Lau is with me, and um, she is amazing. Um, she's the, Are you the CEO of Gemma? Do we call you the CEO? The founder, yeah, the, the inventor, the CEO, <laughs> the amazing person behind Gemma Bags. Um, well, we're, thank you for being with me today. Um, thank you for we're both, having me. Oh, yeah, and we're both, are you in New York in the snow, too? Yes, I'm in New York in the snow. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fun place. Where you think cold. <laughs> yeah, and I'm in Maine, so we have a nor'easter for those oh, of wow. you listening. Yeah, it's a crazy nor'easter, dumping probably about a foot of snow, and a foot of snow in New York City has got to be pretty interesting, but eh, we'll go with it. But um, anyway, we'll, we'll, yeah. <laughs> that, we'll pull out of the snow here, warm up, and talk about Joanna Lau. She's amazing, like I was just saying. Um, for those of you listening with us, you can uh, check out her website um, while we're listening if you want to. It's gemmabag.com. That's J-E-M-M-A-B-A-G.com. Now, let me tell you, this was the most beautiful, I'm going to call a handbag. Do you, call, do you like to use the term handbag? What's your yeah, we call love, it handbag, work bag. Handbag? Work bag. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful handbag came my way, and um, oh my gosh, I just absolutely love it. It's so high end, high quality. You feel like a, you know, just like a super high profile executive carrying it around, and I think I think that's probably <laughs> what you uh, what you geared it toward. But you are a um, a Goldman Sachs executive turned designer. Again, I have Joanna Lau on the phone with me, and she, you, you. You established this handbag line in January of 2016. Um, tell me why you did that. Sure. Uh, so before I started uh, Gemma, I was actually in finance as a trader on Wall Street. And while I was working there, what I really noticed was that um, that all my male counterparts had beautiful men briefcases, um, all leather with all these cool compartments. And they could carry their laptop, their folders, their pens, credit cards, everything in one bag and look super organized. And as a woman in finance, I always had a bag that really didn't fit on my needs. Um, if I was going to carry a laptop, the bag was a tad too small. Um, if I had documents that I had to carry that I couldn't, like, fold up, it was too small and it was kind of sticking out of my, my work bag. And so I kind of went on a a little quest to go around to find a perfect work bag for myself. And I went everywhere, and I couldn't really find a balance where I had a bag that was beautiful but at the same time with the right functionality at the right price point. And so uh, from there, it kind of spurred me on to kind of create something um, that would cater to that need because I noticed I wasn't the only one out there that's looking for something like that. I had my coworkers, female coworkers who were – kind of struggling with having a perfect uh, bag for work as well. And my friends have the same problem. So it was, it was definitely a common issue. And being somebody who always wanted to work on little projects or starting things on my own, 
I thought this was a natural fit for me to kind of take that stat and go into starting um, a brand or a business. Yeah, and I could agree. You, I started Chapa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you nailed it too because I know, um, you know, I'm a former executive um, as well. Yeah. And uh, I always went to work carrying my purse and then a briefcase. Um, and a briefcase exactly. that it was so frustrating because nothing fit quite right in either one of them. So I was always stuck lugging yeah. around two things and this is perfect and it's beautiful and super high quality. And it's just, I mean, it's, it's beautiful. Um, what kind of handbags do you have? I, I noticed you have a couple different lines of, yeah. um, of items. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. Uh, so we, when we launched initially in January last year, we launched with a work bag and a life bag. So uh, what you have is a work bag. And a mm-hmm. uh, work bag, there's compartments. It's a very professional-looking bag that you can carry to work and not um, be worried about standing out because you it it comes with all the functionality and looks very formal and uh, fits right into the workplace. And so uh, the work bag uh, was our initial collection of our first collection, and that has been hugely successful. And we launched that alongside a life bag for women who don't need a bag to fit um, a laptop but still want to look organized and look great wherever they go. And so we had life bag, which is which works for work, but you can also use it for the weekend, um, where you, if you're going for brunch with friends or going for even a formal evening, uh, the work the life bag fits right in, uh, and it also comes with functionality like a little pocket to put your sunglasses, pocket to put your lipstick, and uh, very, it's a very lifestyle bag. Yeah. And um, after we launched that, uh, we most recently launched uh, the Birdie Gym bag as well as the Maggie Wallet crossbody. And uh, for the Birdie Gym bag, uh, it was catered to worker women, but also women who are extremely active, uh, whether it's after work or they're working moms or they have moms um, who go to gym classes a lot. Uh, so with a gym bag, uh, you can fit a laptop, you can fit magazines, newspaper, but you can also fit um, a water bottle. Um, it has a water bottle holder. It has a hidden shoe compartment that allows you to carry an extra pair of shoes if you're going to the gym or you're traveling. And it has huge central compartment for shoes, um, for hmm. clothing. Um, it even comes with a spare laundry bag for a change of clothes. Like if you have any dirty clothes, you can put it in a separate laundry bag to keep aside. And it comes with a cute cosmetic purse to put like toiletries or like makeup. So Genius. another hugely functional bag, uh, but keeping a designer-looking aesthetic uh, with designer-quality materials. So with that bag, we use Talent nylon, top grade of talent nylon, and we were able to uh, bring the price down to only $198 for that bag. Beautiful. Now, yes. I think some, th- I think a lot of thought must have gone into the color um, because yes. you also <laughs> have the color impeccable, and um, thank you. You had to get pretty picky on that, I'll, I'll bet, because you know another thing as you talk about that and here in a second, you know when I give out an Elizabeth's Best Seal of Excellence. I try and, you know, break it, beat it up, find a fault with it. You know what I mean? To, you know, to really just see something, if something's wrong with it. And um, I've taken that bag on three trips now, and it has been through planes, trains, automobiles, hotels, kids, baseball, everything. And there's not even a 
scratch on it. Like you can't tell it went anywhere but came out of a box brand new. It's absolutely <laughs> durable and gorgeous, and the color is beautiful. How did you do that? Yeah, so for us, the focus was really obviously creating a bag that's beautiful, but at the same time, high quality. So we wanted to um, make our bags at the right price point, but with the tone leather. Uh, we wanted to pick the right colors so that it was something that um, kind of went with everything you were wearing. Um, and looked good no matter what you were doing, whether you were out um, for lunch, whether you were at a formal meeting, whether you're running around doing errands, but a back that really stood out and really looked great in all occasions. So for us, picking the right quality leather was really important, but also picking the right colors. So it wasn't, um, as you notice, most of our colors that we picked for our bags are colors that would go with anything you're wearing and fits in any occasion. So that it's not a situation where you bought a bag and only fits for that one time and that one occasion. And so a lot of thought went into that. And when we're picking colors, we we also kind of ran it with our followers, our customers, um, to get a sense of what they preferred, what they did not like. So a lot of what comes out of Gemma is really almost made for and designed for our customers because we take a lot of the feedback into consideration uh, before we push any new product out. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely beautiful. Now, I imagine the field is fairly competitive um, in, in, you know, anytime you do something like this, um, you know, where other yeah. brands are established and so forth. How do you see um, Gemma evolving in the next five years or 10 years, 20 years? Take it out even 100 years if you want to. What do you, what yeah. do you see happening? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I mean, we started with handbags, and um, and the reason why we started that with handbags was um, out of the need that I mentioned earlier. Uh, but that doesn't stop us from just staying with handbags. I think uh, how we want to go about it is that we really want to just hone in on modern-day women's needs and what she's looking for, uh, what exactly does she want in her life. And from there, um, whether it's handbags or anything else it may be, it's definitely something we're interested in going to and working on and developing um, game-changing products around. Do you um, do you know how we all have that vision? Like I have this vision of certain people reading my book and, you know, giving me a review on Amazon and all that. <laughs> do you have yeah. <laughs> a, a vision of who you want to be carrying a Gemma bag and saying, yep, I own this and this is awesome and all that stuff? <laughs> Do you, have, do you have somebody in particular in mind ever that you, yeah. like if you had to name I mean, somebody, um, who would it be? Uh, I would think for celebrity, I would say Amal Clooney. Oh, uh, yeah. I admire her a lot. I think she cares herself very well, a lot of voice in class, and she's also a really extremely intelligent woman. So <laughs> it would be nice to have to carry one of our bags. So if, if Mrs. Clooney is listening, um, yeah, and I'll put a book in the bag and we can just wrap that up. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so if we hit that goal, we're writing a blog about it and doing another race. Oh, for sure. <laughs> which, which bag do you want her to have? You never know I who's listening. You know, it might happen. <laughs> yeah, I, I think she'll probably like the Emma work bag because yeah. I've been following her quite a bit and that's very much in um, aligned with her style. I love it. That's so awesome. Um, what what hashtags do you use on the internet so people can search for you? Um, so uh, our Instagram account is Gemma Girl NYC, and the hashtags is usually Gemma Girl hashtag Gemma Girl hashtag Gemma Bag. Okay, 
so Gemma Bag. Um, and again, everybody, that's J E M M A um, for that Gemma Bag, Gemma Girl. Um, because you know, a lot of people they they uh, use those hashtags now, and I love them. Um, and I think as the, the world of the internet is evolving, pe- you know, people who are a little bit older even are discovering how to use the hashtags. <laughs> so the hashtags <laughs> are very important. Um, do you ever see Do you ever see yourself collaborating with anyone, another designer, anybody like anybody that you have in mind, yeah. another brand or designer? Most definitely. I think we're always open to collaboration with brands. I think what I love about it is that you not only collaborate with them, but you learn so much from each other. Uh, even if it's not the same product or even if it's not the same industry, you just learn so much through the process. And you also build amazing relationships and synergies that at the end of the day really benefits customers from both sides. So I'm always open to collaborations. Um, we actually did a collaboration with a mattress company a few months back when we launched the Birdie Gym Bag. Um, so even though it's a very different product, very different industry, uh, it worked out extremely well. And it was a great collaboration because we were able to understand how their industry works and they were able to understand a little bit more about our industry. And when we had the event, um, the launch of Birdie Gym Bag, the gym and tonic event at that gallery, the Lisa Dream Gallery, um, we had customers from both sides really mix and mingle and understand each other's interests. Uh, women who loved handbags were there, but uh, women who also were interested in mattresses but got to know handbags were there. So it was a very nice um, mix, and, and that's why I'm all for collaborations. Were you um, – have you ever thought, oh, boy, I shouldn't have done this? Or <laughs> is there ever a point where you thought, <laughs> oh, I, I need to go back to my to my job or, or – uh, do something different. Is it, was there, has there ever been a give up point or anything like that uh, happening? Because no. I know it's scary. Yeah, for sure. I think starting a business, any business, um, is, is def- definitely a very daunting task. And there are times where it's a lot harder than, it, than you expected it to be. In fact, a lot of times it's a lot harder than you expected it to be. And so there's going to be highs, but there will be lows as well. And for me, going to this, I made a commitment to myself that if I was going to put uh, everything aside and start this, I do not want to have one day when I'm going to sit back and regret it because that's not how I want to approach it. And so mm-hmm. when I left finance to start this, I left with no regrets until today. I think even during hard times, I think it challenges me to want to do better and to keep pushing forward rather than say that I want to kind of drop out of this and go back to what I used to do. Yeah. How do you deal with fear? Because I know, um, you know, some people, some fear is a good, fear fear paralyzes people sometimes to the point where they're so afraid they don't move forward. And then there's another way of looking at fear where, um, you know, oh boy, I learned from that or, or I learned from that in a great way. I pushed past the fear and look what happened. This is so cool. You know, there's so many things that happen with fear. What's your take on fear and, and how do you deal with it? Um, I actually like it. I think the more fearful I get, the more it forces me to want to do better and to push myself harder. And so every day I'm, I'm scared about what I'm doing. And I think the day when I'm not afraid, I'll be a little worried because then I feel like maybe I'm not pushing myself hard enough anymore. And so I actually thrive in fear. Fear <laughs> is growth, I isn't think, it? Yeah. I, I think it really forces you to 
to do things and think about things that you would not normally do because it pushes you to a certain in a certain way that takes you out of your comfort zone. And I, mm-hmm. I've always been a proponent of getting out of your comfort zone and doing something um, that you're not comfortable with because that's that is the only time where you really come out with great things and do great things. Do you have any kind of quote that you live by or life motto, um, <laughs> anything like that? Uh, yeah, actually, um, I've always loved the quote from Nelson Mandela. He once mm-hmm. said that success is never in ever falling, but rising every time you fall. And I think that is so true because, um, as we mentioned, we are talking about fear, I think, a lot of times people don't do things or don't start things like they don't go into entrepreneurship or they don't push themselves out of their comfort zones um, only because they're afraid of failure. And I think starting with that, um, just it's very easy to say, you know, I don't want to ever fail and so I'm not ever going to do it. But, um, but life is really too short to really kind of, take a pass on it and never give me a chance because you never know when the next opportunity will come along again and may never come again. Yeah. So I think I, I, I live by that quote because I think you cannot, you cannot, you really cannot use fear as a way to deter you from starting something or doing something and, and because of fear and not do it. Um, so that just keeps pushing me on, like never be afraid yeah. to fail or to, um, or to really, in anything you do because that's when you learn and become better at what you do. Yeah, I can't agree with you more. I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. uh yeah, I I had myself scared on Tuesday because I had a Olympian Dana Vollmer coming on. Okay. I can't tell you how many times I wanted to call him. I can't do this. <laughs> My heart was racing. <laughs> and it was a go red for women interview and she was so it was such a I left that that call just like I'm going to leave this one going I'm so glad I did that it pushed me right out of my comfort zone and yeah. um you know what I mean it's it's a you know I, this week is two guests you know larger than life and I'm I'm just excited to have you guys on and it's been it's been a cool week and so I I admire your fear <laughs> and your growth and your and your quote from 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 uh, Nelson Mandela that's, that's a good one yeah. um <laughs> Yeah. Have you always been like this? Like, were you like this as a kid? Were you super entrepreneurial and all that as a kid? Yeah, I've always been kind of like that. I've always never liked to accept status quo. I've always wanted to do things differently. Even when I was in school, every time I had projects, I would always do something completely different from what I was told to do. (laughs) And so for, for me, it's always been the case. Like, I've always questioned the status quo versus actually going with it um I think I'm maybe part of my personality but that's how I thrive in my life because I just feel like that's the way to go that's how I learn that's how I grow and so for me it's even if I'm going to mm-hmm. fall flat on my face tomorrow that's fine because then I would learn a lesson from it yeah. uh, and I would do things differently going forward so for me I, I really don't care what other people think um, I think as an entrepreneur, it's very it's very hard to be one if you really worry about what people think about you, what what people think about your product or brand or even um, business idea. Because sometimes getting feedback is great, but at the same time, if you're going to hear all the negativity, it's very hard to even start something. 
And I think when you initially start, everyone's going to doubt you to begin with. So you have to kind of go with that, hear the good feedback, um, don't take it personally, and then improve yourself on that and move forward. In high school, were you like a math science kid, a writer, an entrepreneur, sports? What kind of, how, what were you like in high school and and college? I was actually more of a sports person. So uh, when <laughs> I was that drive, that focus. <laughs> in college, I I played competitive golf. Yep. So it's, so I think that really helped me um, uh, be the person I am today because and competition, uh, you really have to be extremely disciplined and at the same time you also have to be creative about what you're doing um, on and off the field, whether you're training uh, before a tournament or during, like with golf during um, the game there are many different situations you could be on the fairways one day but then the next day you could be in the water so the situation constantly changes and you need to be extremely adaptable and creative with how you're going to approach each shot. And so I kind of see life as golf because it's never going to be the same from day to day. And so you really need to be adaptable and you need to be creative in what you do to kind of get the best out of it. I knew you were a student athlete. I could just tell. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. I have a, <laughs> I, yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah. There's a certain drive and discipline focus, determination, everything that's required of that that um, to be a successful entrepreneur. And I think, do you agree with this or you might disagree with this, but I, I just yeah, have this I, love of I student athletes. Agree with it. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I love I, student athletes. Were you in sports before you? I, mean, I was. And then I've got a son who's about to play baseball at New Haven. And um, okay. oh. so I just, I just, you know, you know, I've got a younger one who's a track, uh, who's in track, and I just admire their determination and so forth to to always move forward. And they push past their, they do all the things we've been talking about on here. And I think the yeah. the principles of student athlete really apply to being an entrepreneur because you you really have to just self start. Don't yeah, you agree? Exactly. The self starting part is really um, important. I mean, because yeah. you're your own boss, <laughs> and maybe the boss of yeah. others. So, how's that go for you every day? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's good. I think um, now being an entrepreneur and being my my own boss, but as, as well as managing people, you really learn about um, about the way like how people behave and how to be how to be fair, but at the same time effective. Because I think. Yeah. Um, Managing someone is not a natural skill set. It's you really have to kind of <laughs> no, it's not. It the time <laughs> because it's very different. I I mean, as a young person, you've always kind of grew, grew up being managed by other people versus managing people. Um, yeah. So it's really about um, about not being. I, I I'm not a super harsh boss, but at the same time, I would like to be an effective one. Uh, where I, I get things done, but at the same time, I'm I'm nice and fair to the people I work with. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, they'll love you then. Um, did you have? We just take a few more minutes of your time here, probably five more minutes um, sure. tops. But uh, do you did you have any kind of strong influence as you were growing up? Uh, yeah, I would have to say my parents were um, a very strong influence on me uh, when I was growing up, and they are still today. Um, I mean, I think the one thing they really stressed to me when I was young was um, in life there's really no barriers and no walls. And so I really 
was given a chance to dream big and to really have crazy ideas and crazy thoughts about how I wanted my life to be, um, how I wanted to do things, and they were always extremely supportive of what I wanted to do, and so that really helped my entire life. Good. Good, yeah, I, I noticed that too, like with, um, you know, when you have a, a kiddo who says, yeah, I, I want to be in the MLB, and there's there's people who go, <laughs> oh, you'll never do that, you know, you're from here and there, that's yeah. not a baseball player, you know, there's, how did you avoid the naysayers? Um, did you ever have anybody, it sounds like you had parents kind of like, a, I am in a way where you're just like, you mm-hmm. isolate and, and uh make sure you know keep the positive bubble going <laughs> you know around you and, and not be a you know because there are you know sometimes parents are like oh you know you you're not you can't do that or that's not what we want you to do or you know sometimes parents don't let you dream big yeah no I, I hear you I think um it's very common because I think um parents I mean parents obviously want the best for their child but sometimes um Sometimes dreaming big means taking a lot of risk and going yeah. off the beaten path. And for some parents, that's, like, not okay because they, <laughs> they probably see life and probably think that doing that is probably going to result in a child being unsuccessful in life after all. And yeah. so I think, I think I've definitely heard, uh, heard about things like don't do that, too risky, um, from my friends who mentioned that their parents have told them not to pursue certain things because of that. And yeah. I mean, it, it really depends on, on the situation. And I think at the end of the day, um, my approach is that all parents mean well, they obviously want to see the best for their, for their child. They want their child to do well in life. And so um, it is a lot harder to grow up in a family where parents are a little bit more restricted. But at the same yeah. time, it really boils down to the person and what they believe in. Because there will always be parents who are restricted, but there have been cases where um, the child still manages to break out of that and do extremely well in, yeah. in their in the dream that they had. So um, I think it's, it's great that parents are extremely supportive, but at the same time, it really depends on the individual to really make it happen. <laughs> That's a great an- yeah. That's a great answer to that question, and I hope people listening really heard that because sometimes you have to ignore people around you a little bit <laughs> to do what you want to do. Yeah. I think you said that in a very articulate, more elegant way than I just said it. <laughs> but, yeah. I think anyway, you just have to, uh, everyone's everyone's open to their own opinions, right? So yeah, uh, yeah just take it all in and just. Uh, kind of make sense of what you think is right great. or wrong. <laughs> yeah, great advice. All right, um, we're gonna. I'm gonna ask you one question, and then we'll end on another. Um, is there anything I haven't asked you that you wanted to talk about uh, before we go? Anything at all that um, I completely missed? No, I don't think so. I think one thing we like to stress in our brand Gemma is that um, it's really about the Gemma brand, Gemma back. By the end of the day, it's really about the Gemma girl the girl behind the brand, and for us, that's the most important. So uh, we like to fill our brand, but to be more than just a handbag brand, but really um, a bag that's a statement of who the girl who carries it is all about. So we like to call her the Gemma Girl. And that's why mm-hmm. we have hashtag Gemma Girl. And I love it, yeah. Um, do you have any – let's leave on this then. Um, do you have any advice for uh, women who aspire – to be an entrepreneur like you are? Yes. Um, I always feel that 
no matter what age you are, and if you feel like you have a good idea and you want to try something, um, I would say go for it. Um, because there's never a right time. People always talk about timing. I don't think there's ever a right time to do anything. Uh, I think you always have to give it a shot because you really don't know until you get it out there. So even if it's starting small with uh, having it like a little side project or kind of going all in, um, I, th I always encourage people to just go for it because there's never a right time. And kind of waiting and pondering on it isn't going to do any good for it. <laughs> yeah, no, I so, agree. Life is too short, just go for it. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thank you yeah. so much for being with me today. I I really appreciate thank you um, for having me. meeting you. Yeah, and learning more about you. And I hope everybody goes to GemmaBag.com and um, checks checks this brand out because it's uh how long have you been in business? Yeah, since a year now, a little bit over a year. Yeah. yeah. Good. Good for you. About yeah. Here. Well, it'll it's gonna feel it's gonna catch on like wildfire. I predict if it hasn't already. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm going to send you two books, one for you and one to go in um, the bag that you're going to send to George Clooney's wife. <laughs> that sounds <So>. good. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> All right. Lots of love. Thank you for being on the show. And uh, thank, thank you, you for, for me. Oh, yeah. So, so, so wonderful to meet you and talk with you. And best of luck in everything that you do. And I hope that you'll come back on the show and give us an update sounds every good. now and then. All right. Awesome. All right. All right. Good. Take care. All right, everybody. Thank you. Enjoy the snow, everybody. Take care. <laughs> Get those shovels out. It's fun to be in the Northeast. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. And thank you again to Joanna Lau from Gemma Bags. Please visit her. Please visit her. I can talk at uh, GemmaBag.com. That's J-E-M-M-A-B-A-G.com. And you can also find her using the hashtags Gemma Girls and Gemma Bag. All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Best Ever You Network. For more information, just visit us at besteveryou.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.